Welcome to a swift kick in the soul. This is our third episode. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hello, what are we going to talk about today? Well, today we're going to talk about uh, playing scales. At least oh. that's where we're going to start talking. I'm very familiar with that topic. Yeah, I figured um, let's talk music a little bit. Okay. I thought maybe I'd bring my harmonica, but let's not you know subject people to <laughs> my harmonica this early in the in, in the process. Uh, it's probably smart. Probably smart. So uh, I wanted to talk about uh, musical scales and um, how musicianship and becoming a good musician uh, really involves playing scales. Mm. Um, the reason I find that interesting is because, well, scales are not really very musical. Right. I'm, They're kind of technical. I'm sure you've never been to a concert uh, of somebody just playing scales. It's, it's not really interesting. It's not really interesting to play them. Yeah. Um, it's about interesting as reciting the alphabet as opposed to reading a good book. Yeah, it's a lot like rec- recitation. Yeah. It's how you learn the alphabet, is you sing it and you recite it over and over again, um, even before you know what all those letters mean. That's right. right? You know the song and you know how to uh, sing it and you know the letters. Uh, and yet every musician, even, and not even, especially great musicians, uh, play scales all the time. Yep. Every day, really, or certainly every time they play, it's a part of warming up. They they don't really uh, engage in. Got it? Yeah. <clears throat> That's cool. They don't really. They don't really play music, play a song, make a performance live until they're warmed up. Well, if they're if they're good, if, if they're, they're good, right? If they're you, smart, and it's very hard to just walk out cold. Uh, and part of that is uh, we're going to talk about that ability to do something on demand. Mm-hmm. But first, I really want to focus on how ordinary playing scales really is, and yet how universal it is to all kinds of different arts and creative and martial endeavors and athletics. Okay. Uh, for example, uh, in music, you play scales yep and you try to play them precisely uh, meticulously really as you said i think it's it's technical and mechanical it is but you also want to play them quickly and fluid Mm. so that and you'll start out slow and work your way up. And as you become more and more advanced, well, maybe arpeggios and different kinds of combinations of scales. Maybe it's not just scales, but it becomes similar finger brain exercises, mm-hmm. how you can connect your fingers to your brain. Yep, that's right. You, you, I would definitely your, agree with you, that. Your body to your brain. And we call it muscle memory. Muscle memory, big part. Big, big part, of, part music. of it. Yeah. Uh, Again, what fascinates me is no matter how good you are, right? really great musicians, Mm -hmm. pick your favorite, whoever it is, whatever genre, anything, orchestras, rock and roll, Mm -hmm. blues and folk, doesn't matter. Everybody at every stage warms up this way and practices this way. It's universal. It works for everyone. It works for everyone, yeah. Every kind of music really transcends the kind of music you're playing. 
and every kind of person and learning style. Mm -hmm. Everybody plays scales. Uh, the same is true if you're an artist. So you're a painter. Yeah, what would be the visual so, analog to, um, uh, to musical scales? So I learned about this uh, several years ago. Um, I, I was uh, uh, friends with an artist um, who was going through an old file drawer of what he called one-minute sketches. Mm. Uh, he would be in an artist group, even as a teacher, um, it wasn't just as a student, really, throughout his life. He would have a sketchbook, and uh, there would be a model, and the model would strike a particular pose, and then everyone would have 60 seconds to sketch that pose. And then, bleep, another pose. You flip the paper over, and you sketch again, 60 seconds. Oh. The goal is really not to create a good piece of art. Right. You're not making art. Right, you're, you're just sketching. Right. Now, some of it is pretty cool because it's it, it shows the flow of uh, of the artist's pencil. It shows how quickly they recall the shape of anatomy in the body. It's a way to really learn how to draw and depict the body on demand. How can you just boom like that, draw mm -hmm. an elbow, right? Um, uh, visual artists look at musicians and think, but how can you just sit down and pick up the instrument and play that song? Like you, you never heard like that. It just song. came. Yeah, like, just... I've heard that song a million times. Right, I could just play it. Right. Um, the same for them. They've done um, it a million. They've done and, and you'll do, you know, thirty, forty, one minute sketches, mm. and throw most of them away. I mean, he was going through to throw these away. Uh, the goal again is not to really present a piece of art or musicianship. It's not a live performance. You would never go to a museum unless you were looking as an art historian or really interested in a very famous artist that you'd look at their sketches. Uh, yeah, that you'd yeah examine them. Right, it's just not that interesting to look at somebody's 60-second sketch. Right. Uh, the same is true for athletics and martial arts for sure. Soccer players, hockey players, basketball players, uh, it's all a handling, ball handling, footwork, um, uh, puck handling, combining the skating and the, and the puck handling, combining your footwork and the uh, uh, ball yeah. handling with, uh, in soccer, um, any of those, uh, uh, basketball especially. Uh, ball handling, dribbling <laughs> exercises, layup exercises. I guarantee you Michael Jordan runs layup exercises every time he goes to play. Sure. That's, that's, that's not all it takes to be master. Great. But it does take that, and they all do it. Mm. It's how everybody warms up so that you can get beyond the quick sketches and start to access some deeper, more artistic level of expression. Hmm. So that the mechanics are no longer right. requiring the time. The, yeah, it the takes mental a energy. Lot of time. It does, yeah. We think our brain happens real quick, but neurologically, all that stuff actually takes a long time yeah. to hear something and respond to it emotionally and access the history of that emotion and then translate that back to your fingers so that you can play that solo. Mm -hmm. 
expressively. Expressively. Right? That's musicianship, and it takes a tremendous amount of practice. Yeah. And specifically today, we're talking about practice that doesn't really mean that much. <laughs> it, 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 except how it means, uh, in, in, in what it means in a larger sense of our training. Right. It doesn't have, we're talking about practice that doesn't have value for the observer, maybe. Is that is that kind of what we're... Yeah, you doing? might even be interested in it a little bit. Uh. Right. You watch as the... Um, uh, the place kicker warms up. Yeah, if you're really right? in. <laughs> and over and over again, he's got the little device that holds the ball so that everything becomes consistent, precise, repeatable, on demand. Boom, kick, boom, kick. Mm. Um, you see it uh, uh, in martial arts all the time. Um, to set for a particular block or a particular kick to move through a particular cycle of choreography, uh, to, uh, to show a, uh, an imitation kind of battle. Um, every single one of those moves is broken down and practiced over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Every single time. And sometimes it's quite beautiful and it's strung together in a meaningful way for someone who practices Taekwondo. Yep. And sometimes it's sparring, so it's uh, live action. Yeah, and it's that's the a- art of fighting, which is its own kind of art and expression and emotional expression. But most of the time, it's just practice. Yeah. So that when you are in the middle of sparring, you don't have to stop and think, hand goes here, foot goes there, move hand and foot. Yeah. The mechanics become fluid and already memorized and accessible on demand. Yeah. And no longer takes any of your mental, the the mental energy it took to understand those moves in the first place. I think what happens really is um, that mental energy, that intellectual, mechanical, um, left brain energy, Mm. that energy that works in a linear way that allows us to put our feet and our hands, and the ball, and the jump, and the hoop in such a way that every time you can get the layup. Mm. Those guys never miss. Uh, yeah. They never miss. Um, uh, when you break it down that way, it's, it's, it's quite linear. Yeah. The learning how to do things is really not about how it feels to do them. No. Yeah, not at all. Uh, and then there is a switch. It's. It, I think it's a neurological switch. I think it's a left brain, right brain switch. Yeah, I can. I would agree with that. And the part of our brain that is subjective and emotional, and takes place in real time, rather than judgmental and evaluative. Right. Uh, that lines things up in mathematical order. Well, now, now you got to fight. Now you got to draw and shoot. Now you got to sketch quick five seconds. Yeah. That's like, you know, 10% of your time. You're out. It's go time. Right. It's go time. Right. Uh, It's your solo. You have to step forward and not just play the solo because that's not interesting either. That's not interesting. Um, You know, people like to hear 
the famous band played their famous song and they want it to be almost exactly like (laughs) it is on the record. But that's not actually that as good. And the musicianship required to do it is not that impressive. It's not a, no. That's um, uh, that live moment on demand. Mm -hmm. Uh, Throw, throw the kick now. Uh, Don't get kicked and kick in return. Always that comes from the ability to draw on our practice, on those small, fast, quick, and kind of meaningless exercises, scales, sketches, drills. Mm. Uh, here's Here's the shift for me, which really is kind of tragic. Okay. In, in, in terms of the history of spiritual education and how people learn to be religious and spiritual beings. Uh, while the rest of the world was figuring out that this kind of learning and education could be mastered and taught, that you could teach somebody how to be a creative musician, hmm. right? You didn't have to just be a guild member. Uh, yeah. Someone could take lessons and you could learn how to access this, that I could learn how to do taekwondo that a, a an adult who'd never done taekwondo could l- learn how to become a high level person yeah um religious education kind of goes a lot more slowly and we still <laughs> like to do it the old fashioned way and um rather than uh, thinking a little more scientifically about it so imagine if uh, in teaching about spiritual practice if instead of sending people on a really long retreat and expecting them to have a long, uh, uh, deep, rich, meaningful spiritual experience, uh, we just ran drills. Mm. Or maybe in really good religious practice, there are good drills, things which we run through like scales, like ball handling, which are more spiritual in nature um, and which while they have a physical part to them, they're still about muscle memory. Mm. It's really not about athletics or um, artistic creative expression. It's about personal expression Mm. and about personal discovery. We've talked before about how religious and spiritual practice are really an exercise in self-discovery. Yeah. So what are the scales and sketches and uh, short, quick drill exercises in spiritual practice that allow you to know yourself better? Yeah, I'd love to know what they are, actually. Yeah. yeah. I think well, I think that is a that is um it's a question I never really a- asked myself mm-hmm. until uh, I put it together with um uh, my martial practice. Right. Where uh, here I was already accomplished, right? I'm a professional um, in my spiritual practice. I teach others how to be more religious. Um, and I'm learning brand new how to throw kicks and punches. Mm-hmm. So somebody has to be able to break it down for me. Somebody who's who's not a, a, a natural beginner. Yeah, so and give miss, me right, and, and who doesn't have being a natural beginner? Who, who doesn't have the muscle memory? In fact, who has all kinds of other m- muscle memory, like 
laziness. <laughs> Definitely muscle memory. Right. So uh, it, it's really through those practices that I started to ask this about our religious practice. Because when you teach kids, especially, teach grownups, um, you just expect them to come to synagogue or go to church and participate in the service or the learner's service or the kid's service. But what if instead of all of that, uh, we treated it like you were teaching them how to play basketball or how to swim or how to do taekwondo yeah. or how to play the guitar or become a good painter? Yeah. Where for the first half of their time with you, they just did drills. Right. Yeah. They didn't just scrimmage a game or, here, here's your instrument, play a song. Yeah, there's tons of learning involved. And I think this is really good because I th this is like really getting at the heart of what we're doing here with Swift Kick and the Soul, right? This is, it's all about this sort of like creating a way to train ourselves to have a deeper spiritual journey. Yes, yeah, spiritual training. Yeah. Um, and, and what we can learn about it from other kinds of things that we're trained to do. Yeah. And that are expressive in that way. Yeah. So when we talk about how to become better at our spiritual practice, um, and we learn patience. <laughs> yes, indeed. And, uh, submission. And yes. Um, when, we, <laughs> when we talk about how we learn to become better at it, uh, I think we have to keep in mind the things that are common to all of the athletics and creative endeavors we talked about. They're short. They're quick. They don't require a lot of advanced learning. You can start to run these kinds of drills on day one hmm. of all of these. And people, they last throughout your whole life. Uh, no matter where you are and how much you accomplish, uh, they will be helpful and beneficial. So they're short. They're quick. They're um, moments that are set up for success. Hmm you're going to become good at it if you just do it a few times. Mm -hmm. uh, by the end of the first practice, uh, your layups will be better. Your kicks and blocks will be better. Uh, gee, you just started. Yeah. So it doesn't take m many repetitions, but something that can be easily repeated, easily integrated, that you can be successful at quickly and right away, that's a short, uh, available on demand almost anywhere, anytime. I can kind of run these in my backyard. I don't need a, a, a stadium to do it. Um, most religious traditions have things like this, actually. Really? Yeah, but uh, people don't access them because they're the more personal and less communal. Uh. When you gather together on Sunday morning in church or on Saturday morning in synagogue, everybody's doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. But it's back when you're at home or when you arrive early uh, that, that the warm-ups take place. Hmm. In traditional Jewish practice, most prayer services have a, a period of warming up with psalms and the recitation of psalms. Uh, to be a good practitioner of Jewish prayer, traditional Jewish prayer, you have to be familiar with the Psalms like you're familiar with your guitar chops. Mm -hmm. It has to flow smoothly 
off of your tongue as if as if you had said it a thousand times because of course you have said it a thousand times yeah it's not as if now the first few times you do something like that you have to pretend yeah um i, I don't mind saying fake it till you make it i think that's a very I think strong I think that's a very, very useful uh some people don't like it but i and i understand because it's not really fake but yeah, it's as if. It's performative. You have to do it as if you were already good at it. Yeah, it's part of the ritual of convincing yourself that it it is important. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Um of of creating a sense of urgency and a sense of emotional content Con- to the words that you're saying, to the notes that you're playing. Because yeah. every solo is just going to be one note linked to another. They're all just notes. There's, yeah. There's only so many There's of them. There's only so many. There's 12 pretty um, much. That's right. And they've already been lined up in every way conceivable. That's so it's about what you can put of yourself into them. It's right. That's that's the heart of the thing. It's what is you're showing yourself. Right. The no, the scales, the notes. It's all um, your best block, your yeah. most expressive solo, your lines and creativity. Everyone draws anatomy the way everyone draws anatomy because. They're all looking at the same model when they draw the picture. And the goal is to draw it, Mm. not to be unique and expressive. It's not about uniqueness. Uh, The Psalms are open enough that when you recite them, well, it talks about the same stuff that, you know, all all of those more universal poetry traditions talk about. Mm. And it's just like the blues. Folk music. It's 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 folk poetry. Okay. Uh, it's written so that everybody can relate to it. Yet it talks about very lofty and dynamic things. Interesting. But it's all about the emotional tone of the poem. Uh, oh Lord, I called out to you from the desert. Oh Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? <laughs> it's something similar to that, and and that emotional content. Very similar. Yeah. Uh, the ability to belt that out in a moment, uh, in a moment's notice, to practice expressing all those different emotions, happiness, redemption, sorrow, difficulty, uh, adversity. Uh, think of what you discover about yourself mm. by being so familiar with that poetry that you can recite it with the feeling. With one more time with feeling. Right, on yeah. demand. <laughs> and on the days when you're really feeling that way, uh, if you've done the work, if you've done the practice and recited and it's comfortable and the words flow naturally, well, then um, the, the vessel receives the emotion and, and expresses it. And you, and you become an expressive person. You know who you are mm. by what you've expressed. Uh, that's undeniable. Undeni- you're right, it's undeniable. Um, you know when you make the connection correctly, when your footwork is right and precise, when you hit the right note at the right time, yeah. in the right place with the right people. You don't have to go back and examine it. There's no, like you said, there's no question. It just feels complete. Yeah, it's not analytical. No. It's experiential. Yeah. And it feels complete. It feels complete. Um. If you want to be a, a great davener, a person who prays, you, you learn the Psalms. Mm. And if you want to teach people how to pray, have them practice recitations 
for speed, right? Mm. Not for, oh, this is the most meaningful poem in the world. It is, but first learn how to say it, you know, backwards and forwards uh, uh, quickly on demand. You open it up, you read it, you, 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 know the, you know the lyrics, you know the, the music. Then you are really free. The obstacles are out of the way. The obstacles to, are out of the way. Yeah, to be to be expressive. That's right. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Mm, I, like uh, that. I also want to touch on um, uh, this is a, it, it, it's a brilliant aspect of of traditional Jewish practice, and I and I think there's probably things like it in other uh, traditions as well. Um, but you don't really need a formal tradition to access it. Uh, in in Jewish tradition, we say uh, blessings over a, a wide range of experiences. Mm. Before you eat and drink, there's specific blessing which you say. And it's really formulaic. If you practice traditionally, you may pause for a moment to gather your intentions correctly. Mm. But you would, you, you would recite the same formula every time you eat an apple. Yeah. Every time. I've, I've heard, yeah. Um, if you live that practice out, it, you end up saying dozens of blessings every day. Every time you eat, um, there's uh, blessings which are said first thing in the morning, blessings that are said upon putting on the uh, 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 garb for your prayer life, uh, blessings that are said before you go to sleep, blessings that are said over experiences that you have, uh, religious and ritual experiences. So it really starts to ritualize and make formulaic almost every experience that you have. And all of the most basic fundamental ones, like eating. Yeah. So you could say, you know, a hundred blessings a day. That's kind of a goal. Hmm. Throw a hundred kicks every day. Yeah. Play that scale a hundred times every day. Go through the pumze every single day, every single one. Footwork every day. Ask a professional athlete, well, how do you become professional? Uh, you'll be the first one on the field. You'll be the last one on the range. You'll you'll know uh, the, your craft backwards and forwards, and you will have uh, your footwork down pat. All of the small things that that create the drills, the rituals. You, you'll never neglect those, right? And boy, that's true of uh, musicians, athletes, marksmen, martial artists, and and just, Gurus, spiritual masters, yeah, uh, people who teach you how to be more expressive, more creative, m- more truly yourself. More truly yourself. Yeah. Find those moments to make a ritual blessing. Recite the ritual blessing as you would. Ritualize the moments which uh, create s- spiritual ability. Mm. I, can, I can draw on gratitude like that. I can sink into a meditative state quickly. It's not going to take me 45 minutes to get in the mood to have, no, wait, hold on, wait, I'm not tuned up yet. Um, it, it, you would never accept that in, in, in any other practice. So don't accept it in your religious practice either. Yeah. And you would never really accept... Um, uh, somebody throwing you into the deep end of the pool without really knowing how to do the strokes properly, right? Here, spar the master when you don't know how to do it. No, that's 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 nonsense. Um, people have to be taught 
the most fundamental building blocks. Yeah. And you, you build on those successes, you start to learn to want more and to, um, to seek out uh, uh, m- more difficult drills. Mm. Uh, and then to really integrate them into your prayer experience. Now I can show up at, uh, at a religious service. I can create a ritual in my home and make that experience happen. Mm-hmm. Be a part of it communally or create it on my own. Uh, interesting. I can step onto the mat and spar, ready to go, to respond and to deliver, to know what I'm capable of and how to present it. I can step up with the band, set the music aside and be really present and playing and sharing that emotionally rich musicianship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can be in the zone athletically or artistically, yep. where I'm throwing the brush across the canvas, huh. n- not measuring each uh, stroke to say, is that the elbow? Is that the right measurement? Yeah. But that's what we all connect with. If the minutia is out of the way, you can, you can have a full view of the personal expression. And that's, I think that's what connects us all, is truly viewing in that moment someone's complete and uh in the in the moment expression i don't know how else to say it well i think it it goes very deep uh into the mind and the body and the soul mm. uh, it it is when all those things are brought together that sense of unity the unity ah, yeah there and you go. transcendence um where it's it's not left brain or right brain where it's the free flow of uh, our experiences mm. and where we're really not measuring the experience but it's only because we know how to measure it that we are uh, free to you know dance within the guidelines and play within the rules mm. and really let go uh, i think those are the moments of self discovery yeah. Th- those are the moments where you you know who you are, you know what you are capable of, and you, you know what you are expressing because all that other stuff has gotten out of the way. Yeah. And your muscles, your body, your mind from its practice, and your spirit because it's now united with the others. Yeah. Yeah, can all do their thing together. They can all work together, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're a whole person. Hmm. That's how you know who you are. Right? When when you when you're just one or the other, that's only part of you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, is this the end of our conversation? I guess so. Um I feel okay, so let's hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, know. I think it is really. Um I look, I um Again, I don't want to. I don't want to sound preachy or anything. <laughs> you want me to preach? I mean, I can preach. No, no, no. I mean, it's good. Then, you know, bring it on, preach to me. Uh, <laughs> no, I can. I, I, I can. If, if there's a takeaway, um, it's, it's practice. Practice. Show up for practice. It, it, and as often as possible. 
it's it's about number of exposures. Mm. It's not about I did it once. You cannot master something having only done it once. There's no way. There's no way. You can have a great experience, right? I saw the sunrise come up. Great experience. But that's not the same as mastery. That's just an outstanding experience. (laughs) Right. Um, Hopefully that experience Practice allows you to do it on demand, to say, I can do this when I want. That is that measure of self-control. Mm. It's it's tremendously empowering. Yeah. Um, wow, I know this instrument so well that y- you can throw anything at me and I can play along. Mm. Um, it's yeah that uh, that unity that transcendence. Uh, it's tremendously powerful. It is. Well, I, yeah, so I, practice, 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 uh, and the the more often. It's not about I practice for an hour. Better six times for ten minutes than one time for an hour. I totally agree. I tell my students all the time. You know, uh, do it every day. Right. If you're doing it thirty minutes or an hour, it really matters less mm-hmm. than that you access it on every day. That would be my critique of most uh, of most religious education pedagogically mm. is. Uh, how long they expect people's attention to to last through uh, what's essentially just verbal recitations? Yeah. Come come on. <laughs> First of all, you know, like where's where where's the scrimmage? Where's the game? Where's the where's the play? Where's the action? Where's the action? Yeah. And um, how many times can I run these drills without? just being congratulated on running the drills, right? That, yeah, it's, it's just too long. <laughs> yeah. It's too long. Um, better to come every day for 25 minutes. Yeah. Than to come on Saturday morning for three hours. Oh yeah. For sure. hundred percent. Eventually you want to go for three hours. Fine. Go for three hours, go for the marathon experience. But, so much better in terms of your ability to learn the fundamentals to to come many, many times, even for a short period of time. Well, there you go. Swift yeah. kick in the soul, listeners. A little bit every day. A little bit every day. A little bit every day is what you need. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this conversation. Uh, once again, I'm Marshall Coates. Thanks, Marshall. And uh, Hillel Nori, the voice of the wisdom. <laughs>